was much beyond her daily reach, and many a long November and October evening must be struggled through at Hartfield, before Christmas brought the next visit from Isabella and her husband, and their little children to fill the house and give her pleasant society again. Highbury, the large and populous village, almost amounting to a town to which Hartfield, in spite of its separate lawn, the shrubberies, and name, did really belong, afforded her no equals. The woodhouses were first in consequence there, all looked up to them. She had many acquaintance in the place, for her father was universally civil, but not one among them who could be accepted in lieu of Miss Taylor for even half a day. It was a melancholy change, and Emma could not but sigh over it, and wish for impossible things till her father awoke and made it necessary to be cheerful. His spirits required support. He was a nervous man, easily depressed, fond of everybody that he was used to, and hating to part with them, hating change of every kind. Matrimony as the origin of change was always disagreeable, and he was by no means yet reconciled to his own daughter's marrying, nor could ever speak of her but with compassion, though it had been entirely a match of affection, when he was now obliged to part with Miss Taylor too, and from his habits of gentle selfishness, and of being never able to suppose that other people could feel differently from himself, he was very much disposed to think Miss Taylor had done as sad a thing for herself as for them. And of Merlemont, seizing the standard, the Lion of Flanders, Philip of Merlemont, the Lion of Flanders. Philip of Mill the Mount. the knights and the standard bearer passed through the town gate. Bevel to Seda. See ye now? What is to hinder thee from holding a new lover snug to thy side? To Maastricht, Philip. Aye. And when he returns warm with victory, tis thy beauty, freshened by the magic charm the weaver shall yield ye. We'll draw him to thee again. The town bells ring out. Simon enters from the pathway and stands gazing at Zeta. Ah. Zeta, plucking a flower and giving it to him. For thee, Simon, the morning dew lies upon it and upon me. Lady, you pardon me? That do I. And will count me thy slave and leman? Nay. That cannot be, for I have perceived thou lovest me not. Dearer than I do love this earth that springs anew beneath my feet. Why then, to love is to yield. Therefore give me up thy secret. I cannot, I cannot. Quit my sight then, and knock no more at my heart. I knew not man could be so cruel. Joan and Lane enter through the gate, searching for Simon. Joan to Lane. He is here. Approaching Simon. Husband. Lane going to Simon. Father. Simon waving them from him. Away. I am thy wife. I thy daughter. Get ye gone, I say. The trumpets sound near at hand, 
and Philip enters from the castle, accompanied by the rest of his knights and the lords of Soro, Villains, and San Saville, and their knights. All are in war array. Seda intercepting Philip, speaking into his ear. Philip! Farewell. Nay, not farewell. I have said it, Seda. Beauty and love hath held me in soft embrace so long. No more. Farewell. But a little while, and thou shalt kiss that word from my memory. Philip, thou dost deceive thyself. I? I tell thee, thou hast not wearied of beauty, wilt never weary of it. For the nonce, tis beauty that hath fled from thy side. Letting his arm. List, when thou returnst, I will show thee such beauty in myself as will make thy innermost soul drunk with love again. Seda! By all thy saints, I swear it! How she had devoted all her powers to amuse and attach her in health, and how nursed her through the various illnesses of childhood. A large debt of gratitude was owing here, but the intercourse of the last seven years, the equal footing and perfect unreserve which had soon followed Isabella's marriage, on their being left to each other, was yet a dearer, tenderer recollection. She had been a friend and companion such as few possessed, intelligent, well-informed, useful, gentle, knowing all the ways of the family, interested in all its concerns, and, peculiarly, interested in herself, in every pleasure, every scheme of hers, one to whom she could speak every thought as it arose, and who had such an affection for her as could never find fault. How was she to bear the change? It was true that her friend was only half a mile from them, but Emma was aware that great must be the difference between a Mrs. Weston only half a mile from them and a Miss Taylor in the house, and with all her advantages, natural and domestic, she was now in great danger of suffering from intellectual solitude. She dearly loved her father, but he was no companion for her. He could not meet her conversation, rational or playful. The evil of the actual disparity in their ages, and Mr. Woodhouse had not married early, was much increased by his constitution and habits, for having been a valetudinarian all his life, without activity of mind or body, he was a much older man in many ways than in years, and though everywhere beloved for the friendliness of his heart and his amiable temper, his talents could not have recommended him at any time. Her sister, though comparatively but little removed by matrimony, being settled in London, only sixteen miles off, 